This is PhotoBizX, episode number 435, and today's special guest is a UK-based family and portrait photographer who has built a super successful business, charges premium prices, has been in business for many years, and the best part to me, and I'm thinking you as well, is that she gets to shoot in exactly and only the style that she loves. No compromises, none whatsoever. I'm talking about Helen Bartlett, and that interview's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the PhotoBiz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am super excited to bring this episode to you, or this interview to you, because a few months ago, there were numerous posts inside the members' Facebook group for PhotoBizX from UK-based photographers saying that it's almost impossible to charge the kind of fees and make the kind of money that they were hearing from other guests interviewed on the podcast. Now, it's not only UK photographers. I was hearing this from other photographers in different areas around the world as well, but that was the primary location where photographer listeners were saying, look, it's just impossible to get these prices here in the UK. Now, granted, Helen is based in London, but with that in mind and aside, she has built such an incredible business and I know she's going to be an inspiration to hear from today. So that's coming up in just a minute. Stay tuned till after the interview with Helen today because I've got two big announcements. One will be especially pertinent to you if you want to broaden your horizons in regards to advertising and marketing and you want to move beyond Facebook ads. There's an upcoming masterclass with Kim Hamlin who was recently interviewed on the podcast about how to utilize expos to bring in large numbers of leads every year. And Kim is an absolute expert on this. She's been doing it since 2013 and a large percentage of her leads were coming from expos before she sold her business recently. So more details about that masterclass after the interview with Helen. In addition to that, if you heard the recent interview with Sarah Louise, She is the construction-based photographer who was an absolute inspiration in regards to the business that she's built up on her own, generating over half a million dollars in revenue every single year on her own. (laughs) She's put together some training, some free training, if you are interested in learning more about that genre. And finally, before we get into this interview with Helen, if you didn't catch last week's episode with Liz Wilcox, you are 100% missing out, particularly if you want to be utilizing email, email marketing, email newsletters, email sequences to generate more leads in your business. I discovered Liz not so long ago. I signed up for her $9 email membership. And since then, I've been utilizing what she teaches in regards to emailing. And the response to my emails has dramatically, and I seriously mean dramatically improved since I've started implementing what she's teaching. She shares a ton of that in last week's episode, so get back and have a listen to that one. I've got details about her $9 membership. (laughs) Yeah, it's just $9. It's amazing. And you can learn more about that at photobizx.com forward slash Liz Wilcox. But go back and have a listen to the interview first because she shares so much in that one. 
You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Okay, just before we do jump into this interview with Helen, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, all that means is you are going to hear some amazing things from Helen in the first half of this interview, but I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you are loving what Helen shares in the first half, you want to hear the full interview today, grab a premium membership and you can check it out for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. There are more details at photobizx.com forward slash try and I can guarantee it will be a worthwhile investment because what Helen shares is absolute gold in the second half of this interview today photobizx.com forward slash try for more details on that trial membership. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest describes herself as a London-based portrait photographer offering location-based natural family photography. In saying that, she also offers newborn baby children and teenager photography. And she made the creative decision to only offer black and white photography since starting her business in 2003. And since then, she established a loyal client base who return year on year to document their children's lives. In 2017, she became a Canon brand ambassador and her work has been widely published both nationally and internationally. If you visit her website in the headspace of a potential client, what you'll immediately see is beautiful, natural, and fun photography in black and white. And as a photographer, you'll see that most of her images are directed, but certainly not overly posed. There's no mistaking, you'll be enticed to spend upwards of a thousand pounds on printed artwork with plenty of examples of beautiful artwork hanging in homes. And from the outside, this photographer looks to have built a fantastic business. I'm talking about the wonderful Helen Bartlett, and I'm wrapped to say she's with us now. Helen, welcome. Hi, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. (laughs) Does it feel like it's been a wild ride to get to where you are today? Or does it just feel like, you know, this is me, I'm just plodding along doing what I do? I kind of always think business feels like you're swimming incredibly hard to stay still. I think it's sort of, so it's, there's been luck along the way. There's been huge amounts of hard work. I mean, there's been ups and downs as with every photographer, particularly in the last couple of years. But yeah, I mean, it feels good to have got to where I've got to after all this time and still be enjoying it. I mean, I think that's that's the main thing. I've got clients now that I've had since the beginning and I've even got some second generation clients, which is kind of crazy. And yeah, it's a really it's a really amazing thing to do. I feel incredibly lucky. That's so good. Did you leave another career to take up photography or did you have children and discover photography? How did you get to become a professional photographer? So my my background, I mean, like so many photographers, my dad was a very keen photographer. My dad was a neurosurgeon by trade, but he'd always considered being a photographer since he was a kid. He built his first darkroom with sort of stuff he found on sort of bomb sites after the Second World War. I mean, kind of totally crazy. And he introduced us to photography when we were kids. So I think when I was about eight or nine, I got given a little Zorky rangefinder, which is a kind of cheap Russian kind of Leica imitation. So no light meter, fully manual focus. We had this little picture on the back with, you know, little stick man in the sun, little stick man in the shade so we could do our exposures. And we started printing our own pictures at 
that point. So, you know, when I was a kid, Father Christmas would bring a tangerine and some chocolate and he'd bring 24 rolls of black and white film and three boxes of printing paper. And so my childhood was very photography based. It's what we did together. I've got three older brothers. Two of them are in the sort of the creative industries as well. And then you add to that, my mum had a nursery school and that was based in our house for most of my childhood. So term time mornings, 32 to four year olds would come into the basement and they'd play and they'd learn, they'd learn to read and there was sort of staff and it was like sort of proper nursery school. And so when I was a teenager, I started photographing the kids at the nursery school, all in black and white, all sort of, and then I would hand print them and I'd sell them to the parents and I would drink the profits as you do as a teenager. And then I'd be like, dad, I've run out of pretty paper. Can you buy me some more for the nursery pictures? So I mean, it was, it was a total, I mean, a hilariously bad business model, but it was great fun. And then I went off to university where I studied medieval history. And I did that for four years. I did an undergrad and then I did a master's in medieval history, thinking I'd go on and become a sort of TV researcher. But then I did some work experience and realised I hated TV. And all the way through in the summer holidays, I'd been coming back and I'd been photographing the nursery kids. And so I was like, well, why don't I become a photographer? And, you know, if someone came to me now and said, I'm going to become a photographer, this is what I know, I would absolutely laugh and just be like, don't do it. It's insane. I mean, I knew absolutely nothing. And I was really lucky. I just met this guy who's a business you know, he's got a really good business head on him. He now writes business software for photographers. And he sort of said, you know, I'll, I'll help you build my first website. And I set up a business. And I was like, right, now I'm a photographer. And I got some clients from the nursery school. And I just went out and did it, knowing, I mean, just extraordinary. And so, I mean, yeah, uh, incredible, really, <laughs> that I managed to stay the course. But <laughs> You know, you learn, you learn a lot along the way. That's so good. I mean, this is totally stereotypical, but I can see you when we were talking with Zoom with the video on. You know, you're sitting there with your glasses. You have the bookshelf behind you. I would have you picked as an academic, but here you are photographing kids and running around. So I wasn't too far off the mark <laughs> with your university studies. Yeah. Um, you said you had someone help you build a website. Is that one of the guys from Light Blue? Yes. So Tom, we met after university in Cambridge and Tom was just setting up a wedding photography business. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a family photographer. And we got together and he wrote a little database for running our businesses at the time. That was back in 2003. And then in 2009, he put Light Blue onto the market as a software administration software for photography businesses. And since then that's grown. That's very much his full-time job now. And he has members of staff and they're sort of, you know, that's a very big thing now. And yeah, it's sort of grown with us, which is fantastic. But it's amazing because it means that I've got every photograph I've ever taken is in the system. And, you know, you do get people that ring up and they go, hi, Helen, you might not remember me. You photographed my son, Joe, back in 2006. And you're like, you know, sitting there typing away like Joe, Joe, search, and you can bring it up. And go, oh yeah, yeah, we went to that park, and oh, they have those great. They like to play trains or whatever. And the clients are like, "You are amazing!" I'm like, "I'm amazing!" Thinking, Thank God, I can just bring it all up in the system, and uh, and it, but it also means I know what I've sold people over the years, and so you know, if people want an extra print or something, that's very easy. I know what I sold them. I know frame moldings I know album designs I know covers and text and all that kind of stuff so it's all 
it's all sort of integrated and yeah, very easy for sort of marketing and keeping up with clients and things as well. So I've been very lucky there to have that system right from the beginning because I am comically disorganized. I'm sort of, you know, admin is is my idea of hell. I would, you know, drown in post-it notes if it wasn't the light blue. So I think, you know, that was incredibly lucky for so many reasons, meeting Tom when I did. What, so am I wrong in assuming that Tom's your partner now? Yes. So, yes. So we married, what, ooh, seven, uh, I'm going to get caught out here when Tom <laughs> listens to this. Goes, it was our anniversary like last week. How can you not remember? We got married, I think, eight years ago, <laughs> but we've been together since 2003. So, And Tom's got a partner, doesn't he? A business partner. Yeah, so he works with Ian, who is based up in Yorkshire, and then they also have Danny working with them as well, who's based near Birmingham. So it's the sort of tight-knit UK team, and they sort of sit on Slack all day and create amazing things to help us photographers keep ourselves in check. So good. The funny thing is, Helen, I interviewed, I think it was Tom, about seven years ago about Light Blue. Oh, wow. Yeah, (laughs) so I'll have to go back and, and fight through the archives. It was either Tom or Ian, but I'm pretty sure it was Tom. Oh, so. it might have been. It might have been Hamish. He was working with Tom, and oh, okay. he did a lot of. Um, and then he's moved on to save the world with a, a PhD in bees and beekeeping and oh, um, wow. pollination. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> so good. Oh, small world. Okay, let me take you back to your business. I mean, you talked there about post-it notes and admin and how much you hate that side of things. Do you, Do you feel like a photographer in business or a business person who happens to be a photographer? I'm definitely a photographer who has to run a business. And I think photographers, you can split them down the middle. And you can tell when you chat to people, you know, some people have thought, I want to run a business. And then they've looked around, they thought, what is a business that would suit me and suit what I need out of life and my skills? And they've gone, oh, photography fits the bill. Whereas I just want to take pictures and to take pictures in the way that I want to take them and building the relationships and with the long sessions and with black and white and things. The only way I can do that is if I run my own business. So I'm a, a business owner by sort of, you know, because I have to be, not because I want to be. I just like taking pictures. God, okay. I want to dive into this a bit more deeply because I know the listener is going to be intrigued by this, but I guess to, to establish like where you are business-wise, I know you don't love talking numbers, but can you give us an idea, you know, what your average client spends after a session? Well, so the way I have structured my business, I charge a session fee and that's £450 during the week or £550 at the weekend. And the reason it's sort of set at that amount is I want it to be enough money that it gets rid of people that kind of can't afford to spend more. You know, it's a sort of, it's a substantial upfront fee, but it's also not terrifying. It's a kind of, you know, people can do that. And I charge more for the weekends because we can. And I think it's one of those things that photographers don't want to do at the beginning. They're like, oh no, I can't, I can't charge more at the weekend because everyone wants sheets at the weekend. But nobody has ever, ever complained about charging more for the weekend. And actually, otherwise you turn up at work and you discover that, you know, they've got a three-month-old baby and they're both working from home and really flexible. And it's like they could have done a Tuesday and I could have gone out on a Friday night. So I charge more for the weekend. And then I have set up my pricing. So I include the digital files in orders over £1,995. And that's usually it's around 70 pictures, so a mix of groups, individual portraits, sort of interactive images. So it's, it's a lot of variety in those 70 images. And because what I want people to do is have good stuff. I want them to have nice pictures on the walls. I want them to have beautiful albums. But I also know that now people want the digital files. They want to have those, you know, do cheaper prints for family. They want to put them on Facebook, et cetera. 
But what I found previously when I used to just sell the files is I'd go back a year later and I'd be like, so what have you done with your files? And they'd be like, oh, they're in, they're in the drawer. And so actually I felt that even though people were spending less money before, they were getting considerably less good value because actually they weren't getting the full session. They were getting a shoot in the files, which they did nothing with. Whereas now people are spending more money, but they are much, much happier because they've got these extraordinarily beautiful things and the frames are handmade and the albums are beautiful and all that kind of stuff. And so it works really, really well. And the business is obviously built on return customers. So it needs to be good value. So what I find is that, you know, 99% of my clients will spend to at least get the files. So they're doing the session fee, say 500 pounds plus the 2000 pounds for the files. And then some people spend much more, you know, sort of three, 4,000 pound orders are very regular. We get a couple of sort of five figure orders most years. So, you know, people do, they don't sort of see the cutoff with the digital files and go, I can't go any further. They go, "I, I will get what I would like to get, but it's nice to have those files as well. Fantastic. I love it. Okay. So, and again, just to add some context to these numbers, how many sessions would you be photographing in a month or annually on average? So I find it's usually it's about 50, 60, 50 to 60 sessions a year and it's seasonal. Um, you know, I don't do a huge number of shoots right at the beginning of the year. You know, January, everyone's feeling fat. They've eaten too many mince pies. They haven't seen the sun in months. They've spent all their money on Christmas presents. Everyone's like, oh, no, we don't. And it's raining, you know. The UK weather is horrible. So January, February is usually newborns, you know, because if it's five kids, you know, I don't really want to photograph them in February when it's really wet. (laughs) I'd much rather wait until, you know, it's warmed up a bit and we've got a bit more flexibility in terms of location. And also sort of traditionally in the UK, the first few months of the year are sort of trade show months, although that has changed a bit with COVID, but it used to be where we'd have all the big trade shows and I'd be doing sort of speaking for Canon and things at that point. So First few months of the year, usually fairly quiet. And then I find when we've had two to three weeks of good weather, that's when bookings start. And that can really vary year on year. So some years, if we get a really nice February, then bookings for the Easter holidays are off the charts. And if it's really miserable through to sort of April, then it all gets pushed back. But somehow you always still manage to squeeze that sort of number of sessions in before you know the Christmas deadlines hit and you're like I can't cope I can't do any more it's all it's all a nightmare and, and I'm drowning in albums <laughs> <laughs> okay I want to talk about products but okay so for the listener if you haven't like you know added two and two together so if Helen's averaging around three thousand pounds and she's doing 50 sessions roughly a year this is a damn good business in any terms no matter where you're based this is an incredibly successful business. Helen, you said that you hate business, you're a photographer, I can totally see that, anyone can see that when they see your images and your website. How have you gotten so good at business? Like, Because in my experience, photographers who are photographers first, that have your ability, your passion, your love of photography, they tend to underprice themselves like massively. How have you got to the pricing structure you have? I mean, I did start when I started, I think I was 50 pounds a session and five pounds for a hand printed black and white. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> it's taken some time. I mean, partly it's getting older. You sort of, you know, in your 20s, you're like, you've got forever to make some money. But, you know, I'm early 40s now and you suddenly think, well, I've probably got, I mean, I hope I'm still going to be doing this at 65. I'm not likely to still be doing this at 70 physically. It's just not going to be possible. And so I've got a certain amount of, earning time. And, 
you know, the UK, we're not going to have good pensions, not with, you know, not with the way the sort of governments look at, you know, it's so I need to be earning money, not just to pay the mortgage now, pay my bills, pay for, you know, paperback detective fiction and my other sort of, uh, you know, hobbies. Um, But also I need money for retirement. I need money to put myself in a nice old people's home when I'm 90, where people are actually going to be nice to me and feed me good food. You know, it's sort of, and I think as photographers, it's very, because we love what we do and it feels sometimes like, you know, you know that you would do it if you weren't being paid for it. It's very easy not to ask to be paid for it. But at the end of the day, we're going to need some money in our retirement. And I think that's something that it's really hard to get your head around because, you know, you actually, you're self-employed, you don't have to have a pension. And so it gets forgotten. And I think it's with pricing, it's one of those things that it's sort of, once you look at your year and you think, right, okay, so I'm probably going to book this number of sessions. It might not be the number of sessions I want to book, but it's the number I'm going to book. You know, we all, we'd all love to do a few more or whatever, but you know, there's, you get an idea of how many you're going to book. And then you think, right, okay, well, at the end of the year, how much, you know, do I need for bills? How much do I need for the house or the car or whatever? And then it's, you know, how much do I need for a new computer every couple of years, you know, for new cameras every couple of years, you know, the cameras don't last that long anymore. The lenses last for longer, but they do wear out. You've got to sort of upgrade that. You've got marketing and things. And you suddenly sort of start breaking it down and you're like, oh my God, I've really actually got to charge some proper money or I'm not going to be able to do these things. And actually it doesn't give a better service to your clients if you're really cheap, but you can't photograph them next year because you've run out of money and gone out of business. So it's sort of, building up the sort of I mainly due to you know the necessity of needing to save and also as you get better you get more established you get more confident you take better work I mean I think it is one of those things you can't come in when you've never taken any pictures before and charge three grand because no one will pay it but when you're producing really good solid work week after week it's consistent it's what clients want and you're producing really beautiful products and, you, and the products themselves cost a fortune so you've got to then have these markups. And I think, yeah, at the end of the day, it's sort of, it's necessity. It's it's what you need to do to, to stay in business. And luckily, my husband, Tom, has got much more of a handle on the numbers than me. So he'll occasionally sort of look and go, no, no, you need to sort of alter this or change that. And um, which I find very helpful because I say it's not the sort of the thing that really interests me very much. Sure. Well, it's been already enlightening hearing what you've had to say about business, even though you don't enjoy it so much. One thing I didn't point out to the listeners, we are talking in British pounds today with Helen. So to give you an idea, at the current exchange rates, 1,000 British pounds is around 1,400 US dollars, 2,000 Australian dollars and 1,800 Canadian dollars, just to give you some idea of the numbers we're talking. So Helen, knowing what you know now and being the photographer you are now, could you have charged what you are today 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Certainly not 15 years ago. Um, I mean, I think putting prices up is always difficult because you always think, if I put my price up, no one will ever book me ever again. And then you put your prices up and, of course, everyone does. So I think part of it is confidence. Um, my prices haven't changed that much in certainly in the last five years or so. Um, I Maybe probably five years ago, I'm a little bit less 10 years ago and a lot less 15 years ago because it's sort of, you know, your work goes in in jumps and yeah, the sort of the products you use, but I've been using the same products now for probably a good 10 years. So I think my prices have been sort of in a fairly similar ballpark for probably about a decade now. 
Okay, so speaking to you as a photographer and less of a business-focused business owner, do you think you get the prices that you get because of the products, because of the quality of photography, because of the experience? Like, How are you justifying your prices in your head if you have to? I mean, I think you're paying for the quality of the work. I mean, I think many people book me because it's a safe pair of hands. I mean, I like to think that people look at my website and they go, this is amazing. This is, you know, I'm totally on board with this. This is exactly how I want to depict. But, you know, most people just want some nice pictures of the kids. Most people just, yeah, they're sort of, they're not looking at it as closely as we are as photographers. We're obviously so caught up in what we do and how we do it and how much we love it. And, you know, most people just want these, some nice, some nice shots for granny. So I think a lot of people hire me because I'm clearly a safe pair of hands. I've been going a long time. There are, we were trying to work out yesterday how many photos there must be on my website. I mean, probably close to a million. I mean, there's 20 years of blog posts. There's, you can go onto my website and you can see that you are going to get what you're going to pay. You know, you're getting what you pay for. It's going to go well. You're going to get good shots. And I think that's one of the things that comes with experience is that even on a really bad day, we all have them. I'm going to get the shots. So I think a lot of people are paying for that. I mean, the quality of the product is absolutely top of the range. It's all sort of really beautiful. It's all handmade. It's really very nice. And so I think that also is very clear. You are paying for something good. You're not paying for an Ikea frame with a, you know, snappy snaps picture in it. It's all fine art and things. So it's, I think it's a mixture. And I think it is the the idea of offering excellent value is really core to me because I need people to come back. I mean, sort of, I expect to see my clients again. I have a lot of clients I see annually. I have a lot of clients who are on a two-year or a three-year cycle. I've got clients I've seen every year for 16 years. I've got clients I've seen over 100 times. I mean, it's quite a sort of, and so this idea of value has to work or people just don't come back. So I think I sort of, the way I think it is, I'm not the cheapest photographer. I'm certainly probably among the more expensive photographers out there, but I do think I offer really excellent value for what people are paying. So you're comfortable with your prices. You don't, yeah. you're not anxious when you tell someone the prices, you've got them listed on your website. It's not a scary thing for you to talk about. Exactly. And I think it's really, I mean, personally, I think it's important to have prices on the website. I mean, I know this is a, this divides photographers and everyone has their own opinions on this. But for me, if I was looking to shop for something, I want to know how much it costs because I want to know if I can afford it. And it's an absolute waste of everyone's time if I take the pictures and they can't afford to buy them because that's awful for them. It's embarrassing for them. It's awful for me. It's embarrassing for me. It's generally everyone's unhappy. So I'm very, very clear. And when I speak to people in my emails, I send to clients, I'm saying people are spending an average of two to 5,000 pounds on their photos on top of their session fee. I sort of, those are the numbers I use. And obviously some people spend more, but I don't want people to be coming in and say, thinking I'm going to do the session fee and I'm going to spend another 200 pounds because that's no good to me. And actually I, I do have a minimum spend. They can't, you know, they can't really do that. But I think it is, it's important to be clear and upfront and then everyone's happy. And it's not, you know, it's not a price point that works for everyone, but that's okay. I have loads of photographers. I know at all kinds of different price points and I just refer on and I refer clients all the time if I don't think they're going to be a good fit for me. And probably of the inquiries I get, I probably refer on 75%. Wow. So it's, it's working with a small group of people that I think are going to be a great fit. And I think I'm going to work with for the next decade. Unreal. All right. I've got so many questions, but there's two specific things I want to ask you that you mentioned. You said that you're recognized as a safe pair of hands. Do you mean that literally or figuratively? 
I mean, sort of just in terms of I, they're not going to spend loads of money and get crap pictures. Okay. So you, you don't mean holding babies and things like that. You're talking oh. about. Oh, no, no, no. I don't hold the babies. I don't, I don't do any of that newborn posing nonsense, um, <laughs> which is very absolute respect for the people that do it. It's just not, it's not what I do. So I, if I'm photographing newborns, I don't handle them at all. And actually in my contract, I specifically say, and this is another thing I always pull up with clients before I book them. I'm not to be left alone with your kids because if I'm focusing through a camera on one child, I can't tell if the other child's got their tongue in a plug socket or, you know, it's about to leap out a window. I mean, I do remember turning around once in a shoot and I was like photographing this little child, his little angelic. And I look around and the older brother's standing there with an open Stanley knife, you know, one of those sort of yeah. craft knives. Big black. And it was just like, now, Zach, Stanley knives are for grown-ups. Thinking like, where are the parents? What is going on? Why is this truck? How? So, you know, I don't like to be left alone with the kids just for safety's sake and insurance sake and stuff. And I do have that in my contract. But no, I say fair pants more in terms of they're going to get what they pay for. Got it. And for the US listener, a Stanley knife is a, a box cutter. I think that's the same thing, isn't it? A box cutter? Mm. Yeah. So the other interesting thing that you said was at the end of the day, my clients, they just want some nice photos, you know, photos they can give to granny. So if you really mean that, that would indicate to me that most photographers just aren't charging enough. I mean, I think most photographers aren't charging enough. Most professional photographers can produce a great set of images and they can deliver a great experience. So why are they so cheap? I think it's confidence. I think it's often confidence for people. And, and you know, the market does what everyone does. So if everyone's charging less, then... That's what people come into the market and think they need to charge. Whereas if people start charging more, then that becomes the sort of market standard. And and obviously, you know, it's slightly flippant to say people just want nice pictures of the kids and stuff for grabbing. Mean, there's lots more behind what it is that we're doing and what we're creating. But I think it is it is this sort of idea that people want something, something nice and something tangible and something to hold on to and something for the kids to hold on to as they get older. And it's I do think pricing is difficult. And it's it's also it's there's a lot in geography. You know, I live in central London. So obviously I've got the high costs of living here, but it does also mean I've got access to some people who are earning a lot of money in London. I mean, it's a city where there's some serious wealth. And I used to live in Cambridge and I didn't charge such high prices when I lived in Cambridge. It was just a different demographic. So it is, you know, I don't think you can sort of say to everyone, everyone must charge £3,000 because it's just not practical in some areas and with some demographics as well. It's sort of working out who who you want to work with and how you want to structure your business. So, But I, I do think the important thing is to just make sure whatever you're doing, you're actually earning enough that you are able to have enough to live on when you're old. I like that. You mentioned Cambridge there. And funnily enough, I know Cambridge because I was there two years ago Dan Waters, a local photographer in that area, took me around to see the beautiful town. And it's, it's an amazing town. It's really lovely. It is, it is absolutely a photographer's paradise from what I saw. But if you were to move back to Cambridge, could you go there with your price list today? Like with your experience right now, if you were to move there next week, what would you do differently? That is a really good question. I am not sure with my prices I would get the business in Cambridge. It's just a I mean, I think I would get some business in Cambridge. I still, I have clients out in Cambridge. I mean, I have clients all over the UK and all over the world, but the prices that I'm charging do have a kind of sort of Kensington Knightsbridge kind of 
sort of West London finance ring to them. And Cambridge has got a slightly different demographic, but then the demographic in Cambridge is changing. There's a huge amount of tech there now. So I don't know is the answer to that. I wouldn't move there tomorrow thinking it would be very easy to charge these prices immediately in that demographic, just because I think it is slightly different. But there is also, there is quite a lot of wealth in Cambridge. So, you know, you probably could do it. Okay. Well, let's stick with this this hypothetical. Let's say you were to move there. (laughs) (laughs) Only because it's making you a little bit uncomfortable thinking about it, but I think it's an interesting topic. If you were to move there, do you think the people with money in the area would seek you out once they started to see your photos and sort of get to know you? Would you try with your current price list and see what happens? Definitely, because I think, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, as I was saying, I have a certain amount of, you know, my costs, I don't think my costs would change. You know, if I needed to bring my prices down, I would have to change the way I ran my business. I'd have to potentially use cheap suppliers or I'd have to do something different. And I like the way I run my business in terms of, I like my suppliers. I've worked with them a really long time. I know their products are excellent. I know their customer service is excellent. If anything is to go wrong, I like the way I do my sessions. And my sessions are long, you know. I mean, I'm with people from eight in the morning until usually at least lunchtime. Sometimes they stretch out if I'm sort of having fun. And, And I think, you know, if I was going to bring my prices down, I would have to change something fundamentally to be able to potentially do more shoots to bring in the same amount of profit at the end of the year so that I can keep saving because, yeah, I think that is that is really important. So it probably would involve a bit of a fundamental rethink. But we're not moving back to Cambridge. My husband would love to move back to Cambridge. It's not going to happen. I love London. I'm a London girl. I grew up in London. I can't move back. Cambridge is beautiful. <laughs> Enough talk about Cambridge. <laughs> you have so much repeat business that you talked about, but you also said that you refer you know, up to 75% of inquiries onwards. So that sort of tells me, well, I'm thinking that you either have or both a strong email list, but also fantastic SEO or marketing promotions that are bringing in new people. So you must have new people coming into your funnel and also old and past or existing clients staying in your in your world. Is that the way it is? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Helen, you are absolutely amazing. This is so, it's so good to talk to you. And it's so funny because for the listener doesn't know that we had a little chat before I started recording and you're like, I'm not very businessy. I don't like business. I'm a photographer, but you have an amazing business. And I just want to say massive thanks for coming on and sharing everything you have. Do you teach photography? I'm going to ask you all business to photographers. I mean, I do... I do a bit, but usually through Canon. So as, a, as part of my role as a Canon ambassador, I do some sort of teaching through Canon. So here in the UK, we've got the photography show coming up and I'll be doing talks there. And I do you know other talks through Canon, talks at big sort of photography trade shows and things in the UK. I don't offer mentoring just because I don't have time and I know how much I'd get into it I know how much I would love it and find it really but also you know my husband's like yeah you'd spend like five weeks talking to someone and then suddenly you know not have done any work yourself so I don't offer any kind of mentoring or one-on-one stuff but I do quite a bit of sort of you know public speaking sort of teaching um what I do and I, I do find that incredibly rewarding it's really fun and whether that's teaching you know professionals or 
amateurs, it's it's equally fun. You know, I, I love it just as much when I've taught someone to take a better picture of their grandchild mm-hmm. as I do teaching a sort of a fellow professional. It's really rewarding. Okay, so where's the best place for the listener to keep up to date with what you're doing, what's coming out, where you're going to be speaking, that kind of thing? Um, sort of probably either my blog or Instagram. I mean, Instagram's easiest for everyone nowadays, isn't it? Time at Helen Bartlett Photography. And yeah, I sort of always pop uh, new stuff that's coming out, sort of any speaking things or any sort of, you know, online sessions um, all on there. My blog is generally what I've been up to with clients and work mainly. Um, yeah, that's probably the best the best places. Okay, I'm going to add links to anywhere and everywhere the listener can find you. And look, I haven't said this, and I should have, because we talk so much about business, which is what I'm focused on, but your photography is absolutely incredible. You are an amazing photographer, and your work's oh, just Oh, that's very kind. Stellar. It really is. You're just flicking through your Instagram feed, looking at your website. Everything is just superb. So, but again, massive thanks, Helen, for coming on and sharing everything you have. Oh, thank you very much. It's been, it's been really good fun. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Helen as much as I did. Helen, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you did. I said it just a little while ago that I can't believe that you are, or that you were worried about not being able to talk about business because what you shared today was nothing short of fantastic. So massive congrats to you. Absolutely love your website, love your work, love your approach to business, and it's no wonder that you are the success that you are. So again, massive thanks for coming on and sharing everything you did. For you, the listener, I do hope I am speaking on behalf of you when I say all that, and I'd love to hear about your takeaways. Was there something that Helen shared in today's interview that you thought, yes, absolutely, I can use that in my business, and I will be implementing it and utilizing it right away. If there is, let me know, leave a comment in the comments area of the show notes, which this week are at photobizx.com forward slash 435. Now in those show notes, I've got examples of Helen's beautiful work, including the movement and the black and white, all the things that she was talking about. Plus I've got links to anywhere and everywhere you can find her online and also links to anything and everything that she mentioned in today's interview. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Helen into the members Facebook group. So you'll have easy access to her there. And I don't want to say most of all, but I really do want to hear from you if you are a UK-based family or portrait or newborn photographer. Is what Helen shared today resonating with you? Does it affect you? Will it apply to you? Or are you immediately thinking, well, she's based in London, so you know whatever she shared doesn't doesn't uh, affect me, doesn't uh, doesn't really help me. I'd love to, I'd truly love to hear your thoughts if you are a UK-based photographer, or if you are based in another part of the world, but you think or you feel or believe that you just can't do the kind of things that Helen is doing to build her business. I'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts on that. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. I mentioned at the top of the show, there is an upcoming masterclass with Kim Hamlin. If you aren't familiar with Kim, I recently interviewed her for the podcast. Go back and check that one out if you haven't heard it. She recently sold her business after building it to a point where she was generating $500,000 a year an incredibly successful business and a lot of her income, a lot of her leads were coming from expos and that's what she's going to be teaching in an upcoming masterclass for PhotoBizX listeners. 
She's been attending expos and generating leads since 2013, and her last expo yielded over $100,000 in portrait photography sales. She's going to be sharing anything and everything you need to know to make expos a success for your portrait photography business. Now, this is going to apply to you if you are a portrait photographer, a pet photographer, whether you shoot families, newborns, kids, anything you learn from Kim in this masterclass will be applicable to you. The cost is only $97. It's going to double in price after the live presentation, which is next week, where it will become a standalone course over at photobizx.com. Now, during the live presentation, the live webinar, the live teaching, you'll be able to ask questions. There'll be a Q&A section at the end. I'll be hosting the training, so I'll be asking questions along the way as well. Plus, you'll have access to Kim afterwards after the training, if you attend the live training or purchase the course afterwards. So you can find more details over at photobizx.com forward slash expos, and that's E-X-P-O-S. And I can assure you that if the bulk of your leads are coming from one or two sources only, particularly Facebook, then you really want to broaden what you're doing, and expos can be one of the perfect ways to bring in more leads, especially as things start to open up after COVID. Photo Biz Exposed Interviews with photographers to help you build a better photography business There's one more thing I wanted to mention before we close out today's episode and this is another masterclass this one is with Sarah Louise Jackson she is putting together a construction photography class this is 100% free it's happening Friday this week which is the 22nd of October this is Melbourne time, so it might be a different time for you if you're listening in another part of the world. I've got links to where you can get involved in the show notes for today's episode. Now, in this masterclass, Sarah is going to be teaching how she tripled her business during COVID, how to diversify in times of adversity, why construction photography is so cool, and how you can make a start in this genre as well. So again, details are in the show notes for today's episode, which are at photobizx.com forward slash 435. I've also got links to her recent interview in the show notes. And I know that with how hard Sarah has been working on putting together this masterclass, you will get a ton from it. I can't believe it's free. And I'm sure that once you attend the free masterclass, if construction photography sounds like something that you want to pursue, you're going to want to go on and learn more from Sarah afterwards. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Again, massive thanks to Helen Bartlett for coming on and sharing everything she did. I hope you are safe, healthy and well wherever you are in the world. I look forward to chatting to you via email this week. I'm just waiting for an update from Liz so I know what I should be sending. <laughs> and look out for, I'm thinking it's going to be a little video or definitely a photo of another snake that I came across while playing golf yesterday with my son Matthew. And this one, funnily enough, was in the female toilets. <laughs> and yes, I'll add why I was in there in the email. All right, have a great week wherever you are and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 